grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, when I was a kid, way back in last century, ancient history, I had the privilege of preventing, uh, befriending rather, a classmate of mine of the Portuguese persuasion. His parents were actually born in Portugal, which probably explains why I never understood anything they said to me. But still, nevertheless, I always wanted to go over to his house to play and not mine because my friend's dear Portuguese mother made the best bread ever. I called it Portuguese bread. And it seemed like it was made in that old-fashioned way. I think you know what I'm talking about. Family recipe from the old country, passed down generation to generation, made all by hand from scratch. And we would always get it fresh baked, hot out of the oven with a little melted butter. Oh, I thought I died and went to heaven. Bread from heaven. And that is what we're talking, talking about tonight in our continuing series. And it doesn't really matter what country or what century you're talking about. Bread today is as important as it has always been throughout history. To have bread is to be, in some sense, rich. And to be without bread is poor. Daily bread is what we pray for. It's what our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray, right? And bread is not surprisingly included in one of God's promised treasures, and it's tonight's featured treasure in our Lenten series by the same name, Promised Treasures. But we go back to the Old Testament and our reading there from Exodus. Before the Israelites even left Egypt by God's guiding hand, they were instructed to make unleavened bread to take with them on their journey. Now, I had no yeast in it to have to wait around to watch it rise, and it also had a longer shelf life. But, of course, it wouldn't be long before that bread that they took along with them itself would run out, as tonight's Old Testament reading reminds us. The people of Israel were wandering and wondering, and yes, grumbling, too, as uh, we saw in our passage that Al read. What did the Lord do at this point then? He told Moses that he would rain down bread from heaven. Now, how cool is that? That would be an amazing sight. That's probably even more rare than looking out and seeing snow come down in Camarillo, which has happened not too long ago. I remember being in the coffee house, watching that snow hit the ground. But here in their wandering, God kept his promises to his people, and he provided manna. What is it? It's a layer of thin flakes on the desert floor for the Israelites to collect every morning and feed their families with, and thus Kellogg's sugar-frosted flakes was discovered. <laughs> I don't know, it probably looked similar to that, but whatever it was, it must have been amazing. Now, the children of Israel were told also, just collect enough for the day, right? You remember this? Nothing more. However, some got greedy. Or was it worrisome? Did they have a lack of faith that they suffered from? But what they did was collect more than their daily amount. And when they did, that manna began to smell and badly. And the next thing you know, maggots. That's right. Nothing can curb your appetite more than a few maggots squirming around on your plate, right? 
It's just completely gross. But when the manna was eaten as prescribed by God himself, that manna must have been heavenly. In tonight's gospel, John 6, Jesus calls himself the bread of life. He reminded the people that it wasn't Moses who gave Israel bread every day. It was God. It's important to keep that straight. Our gracious God sustained their lives day in and day out for that whole 40-year wandering. And he sustained them how? By manna from heaven. Jesus reminded all who listened to him that it was God's gracious and loving hands that provided daily bread for them. It's only God who can give the bread that our bodies need, and it's only God who can give us the bread leading to eternal life. That's exactly what God did. He provided eternal life through the true bread from heaven who was standing and speaking right in front of them, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This, and here I believe Jesus was pointing to himself, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give him for the life of the world is my flesh. John 6. The Bible not only quotes, uh, equates rather loaves of bread with sustaining physical bodily life, but beyond that, Scripture equates Jesus Christ with man's only source of spiritual life. That's why St. Paul said that Israel, way back then, was being led by Christ in our Old Testament. Says Paul to the Corinthians, Our fathers all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The ultimate source for all the manna the Israelites ate and all the water the Israelites drank ultimate source was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus still leads and still sustains his church, you and me, today, all the way to your life's end, and you enter eternity in heaven. Jesus continues caring for you, feeding you, the bread of his holy word, the bread of his holy sacrament. Thus he nourishes our faith and strengthens it so that our faith may endure life's long journey. When he was out in the desert himself, Jesus being tempted, Jesus quoted Moses to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The early church father, St. Augustine, compared teaching the Bible to breaking open a loaf of bread with which God feeds his people. And God brings this bread right to you in the form of scripture readings, a sermon, a stirring hymn, perhaps, through simple devotions that you have in your own private devotional area. It's all bread for your soul as long as it points to and leads to the true bread of life, Jesus Christ. So we've talked about Moses, talked a little bit about the unleavened bread. We've talked about Jesus himself as the bread of life. Jesus also uses the bread of his holy sacrament to feed and sustain the whole Christian church on earth until he comes again. Just a few verses after Paul tells the Corinthians about that manna in the wilderness, the apostle then 
smoothly segues into addressing the Lord's Supper. The cup of blessing that we bless, asks Paul, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Think about that for a second. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that wonderful? The bread you eat from the Lord's table at every divine service is no ordinary sandwich bread. Though I suppose you could call it the true wonder bread, but that's not on account of the bread itself, rather. It's on account of Christ's word spoken over the bread. Jesus promises to place his treasure, his very body that was sacrificed back on Calvary, he places that into your body via that bread going down your gullet. Uh, to put it frankly, to partake of this bread is to partic- participate in Christ's very body, the body that was incarnate and he lived out in his service to all of us until his dying day that we read about in our passion narrative. There's no question, having received Jesus as your Savior and Lord when you're talking about the Lord's table. Now, a lot of Christians struggle with that idea, that exact doubt. Did I really receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior? And the devil is always right there too, isn't he? Willing to steal away all your assurance about your salvation. But the Lord's promise and his sacrament speaks loud and it speaks clear. Yes, this is my body. This is my blood, and it is for you. Yes, even you, the sinner swallowing the bread, the transgressor tasting the wine, sacramentally attached to those elements, bread and wine, are my body and my blood, says Jesus. So eat up, drink up, and doubt no more. Rest assured, in this way, Jesus is well-received. Like the Israelites of old, We, too, plod along on our own journey through this wilderness of life. We live and work in a sinful world by the sweat of our brow, under the heat of sin and death bearing down on us each long day, just as the desert heat beat down on those wayfaring Israelites. We await a promised land. Oh, no, not Canaan, right? But as the author of Hebrews talks about it, it's still a better country that is a heavenly one. He writes, no matter how crazy or maddening life may get in this wilderness, this veil of tears, you are not left wondering, where can I find help? True help is found wherever Christ breaks open his word and wherever he sets his table to refresh you with real soul food at his altar. We do well to accept his offer and come often to be fed in the very way he prescribes to feed us through his ordained word and his ordained sacraments. That's where the promised treasure is found. So as this Lenten season starts to wind down and come to a close, I pray that your daily bread that you eat at your own table at home might always serve to remind you of the rich provision and steadfast love for you in the living bread that came down from heaven, Jesus Christ. Even as you fill your stomach, may your hearts also be filled up with gratitude for the one 
who gave up his body for you on the cross. And then as you also make your way to the Lord's table in his house, coming this Holy Week, um, Monday, Thursday, may your coming together remind you as well of the blessed unity of the body of Christ. Just as numerous grains of wheat grow and are ground up to make one loaf, so we, though many, make one people of God, wherever we may be from, be that Jerusalem, Portugal, or right here in sunny Southern California. We are all forgiven through the same crucified Christ, and we have all been raised with the same Lord of life in his resurrection from the dead. Thank God then for your daily bread that's here today, gone tomorrow, and may you ever hunger for the living bread, Jesus Christ himself, who alone satisfies and abides forever and ever. Amen. And now may he who started a good work in you bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.